Hello and welcome, this is Quinn from the Bullshit Games Podcast. Today we have a special discussion between me and Chase, my other co-host, about E3. Now this is a pre-recorded segment and uh, it's a little bit echoey, so I apologize. Me and Chase were in the same room. This is actually before we even had a podcast name in mind. We just decided we're going to record some thoughts on E3. We were in the same room, it got a little bit echoey, wasn't ideal, but hey, it's content, it's us talking about E3, we talk about the games, the conferences, everything we saw, everything we didn't see and wanted to see, and much more. So please, enjoy. Hello and welcome, and thanks for joining us. It is Quinn from the podcast and Chase from the podcast. Hello. Uh, and this episode, we're going to be doing an overview overview of E3. Oh, dude, I'm excited because uh, I don't know what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> I watched some of it, so I do know right, some of the right. stuff. Right, we both have different experiences of E3, different stories to tell, but uh, we're basically just going to go through each conference and give our thoughts. I know Chase didn't really have the, the chance to watch each conference, so I'm going to do kind of the backstory of what's going on, and he's going to talk about some of his favorite games that he's seen. Yeah, I'll talk some of the specifics, maybe like uh, some of Square Enix's ones that came out, as well as um, I know there was a good... Uh, dragon ball z one i kind of want to talk about sure yeah and so basically we'll just go over the details of things we're actually interested in and kind of just talk about e3 as an overview i'll also talk about very you know specifically of the games we want to see more of um which conferences maybe stole the show or let down our fans etc and uh at the end we'll do a little recap and that'll be it all right, sounds good. Let's do this. All right, let's get started. So first off, what was your expectations for E3? Were you hyped about it? Were you just like, eh, we'll see what happens? So first of all, uh, I thought it was supposed to start June 11th. Right, which is potentially my fault. <laughs> On Google, it right. says starting June 11th. So right. if you put in into Google, when does E3 start, it will tell you June 11th. But right. it actually started like June 9th or 10th. Yeah, it started the 8th, I think. Or at least one one conference was the 8th, and then I think that was uh, EA, and then they did... And they did a PC gaming... Uh, oh, that was, that was later. Day. But yeah, yeah, so what happens is that Google basically puts the date of the public showing. Basically, the, the E3 stands for Electronic Entertainment Expo. So basically, the expo portion... Mm-hmm. of E3 opens up on the 11th where the public can come in and play games and stuff like that. But the conferences, I guess Google doesn't consider them actually part of the expo because it's not necessarily open to public at that point. Yeah, and they I know that they showed some... They essentially did like teaser trailers beforehand as well for uh, other, other companies. Right, right. so a lot of people, because they know it's like E3 season, right? Mm-hmm. Like they know that a bunch of games are going to be announced. What they do is that they... They aren't necessarily paying to show their game at E3. They're not renting out a booth or anything. So what they do is they just release their trailer mm-hmm. because it's sort of just like trailer season. So they're going to get a lot of views because people are in the mood to watch trailers and see new games. Right. So it's kind of like free advertising in a way because it's just the right season to be advertising your games. So we've seen a lot of that before the show and actually during and we'll continue to probably see more things being released as the week goes on. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, which ones did you like then? Were there any that you liked in particular for the first day? Well, I mean, the first thing was there was anything you thought you were going to like 
or I thought you were going to see at E3, oh. and were you like hyped in particular to see one thing or another? Like, what was so last year they showed um, Elder Scrolls Six, like, right? And it wasn't a lot. Obviously, it was, it was like the teasy, the teasiest of teaser trailers. Yeah. Yeah. It showed like a fucking mountain, and then like there were like a bunch of uh, people doing. You know, really in depth analysis, trying to figure out right. what <laughs> continent it was. Well, basically, in. the trailer was just a a mountain, and then Elder Scrolls Six exactly. came up. Exactly, it was yeah. really it was very short, and so I was hoping for something to come out. And I think Bethesda already uh, went through, right? Well, with all their oh Bethesda, Bethesda. yeah, Bethesda. I can never say Bethesda. Right. <laughs> I was Bethesda, like, what? a new Japanese it. game from FromSoftware. I'm such a filthy casual. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Bethesda, they already had everyone's had their conference. Everyone's mm-hmm. pretty much talked except for Sony, but we'll get into that later. Um, so Elder Scrolls Six, anything else in particular? I know just Square Enix. You're just generally always excited for anything they talk about. Uh, yeah, there was something related to to Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're. I think it's by Peggy Twelve, Peggy Sixteen. Shit, I don't know the name of the company. That just means that you have to be sixteen or twelve to play the game, Chase. Peggy Sixteen. I believe That's not so. the name of it. Oh, fucking shit! <laughs> it was by Microsoft. It was part of Microsoft's uh, okay uh, thing. And uh, but were you excited to see that before it was even announced? It was called Project Z beforehand. Oh, it was okay. So you yeah. knew about this? I thing. did know about it. it oh, okay. you know, months ago, right? But, um, when I found out about it, it wasn't. I was kind of underwhelmed, actually. Right. It wasn't what I was hoping. It's still good, but it's not what I was hoping. It's just for. a normal Dragon Ball Z game. It's it literally like. the 100th like. Right, like copy paste the Dragon Ball Z yeah. generic game. The yeah. graphics are done differently because if you, I mean, if you played like one of the older ones, like Dragon Ball Z Budokai, it's not really good. It's like really bad cell shading animations. Mm. And then like this one, uh, it looks good, but right. it's like it's the same fucking shit you, you see right. every time. What's the difference? Right. I mean, at least uh, did you ever play Dragon Ball Z Universe? Yes. At least that one, it was different, even though it's right. It was still bullshit. But or yeah. even like. Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighter or Dragon Ball Fighters? Oh, yeah. I forgot what it was called. Dragon Ball Fighters. Fighters was, with it, a Z. It, yeah. Right. Dragon Ball Z Fighters, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that was totally in, in the step in a in a different direction, yeah, and just actually, in the 2D fighting realm rather than this 3D flying around shooting each other with laser balls. Not only was it different, at least it, I think it, it had a different storyline as well. I didn't really play it that much. I only played right. some of the open beta version of it. But um, it was different. Right. And that's exactly what Anyway, it was good in a lot of ways. So yeah. that was also good. Uh, so Dragon Ball Z, uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Six. anything else you were ready to see more of? Um, they did. I mean, I was, I already knew they were going to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. But I mean, I kind of already expected those to right. be there. I guess the thing thing that's annoying that was not talked about which you may not know much about is that final fantasy 7 remake yeah is going to be episodic right but they did not really they didn't really go into depth about what that yeah, means it doesn't mean it, yeah all they said that there's going to be two discs for right the first, which, which is crazy in its yeah. own right right the fact that there's going to be two discs blu-ray for, discs yeah. Yeah, how much the Blu-ray hold? I don't do you know. Think it's like a, I think it's like a hundred gigs or something. Yeah, that's a lot. That's 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 the size of um, of one of uh, Red Dead Redemption games, which is about a hundred gigabytes. So it's the fact that it oh no, the, the newest Red, so Red Dead Redemption Two had two 
install discs or one oh, install dude. disc. Yeah, it had two discs that you needed to play with. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah it's fucking it's, nuts. it's huge. It's huge. And Red Dead Redemption Two is was huge. Yeah, it's like it, open sandbox. It's game. huge. And this the is the amount of detail an, in that game is insane. This is not going to be an open sandbox game, right? In the beginning, at least. So right. it's uh, it's it's going to be super interesting to see how uh, why this is going to be so big, right? All right. Well, some of the things I was looking to see more of, or at least see if it even exists, is like Skate Four. <laughs> I've been waiting forever, forever. <laughs> I've known about this for. A uh, while. Bloodborne 2. That'll never happen. Well, maybe. I mean, actually, yeah, probably because of uh, this newest game that was announced. We'll talk about a little bit later. Okay. Who knows what's going to happen with Bloodborne 2. Um, yeah, I was looking to see more of Elder Scrolls 6. Uh, I, I don't really know. The thing is, too, is that like I kind of felt a little bit underwhelmed going into E3 because I knew Sony wasn't going to be there. And that was sort of the thing I was excited about was Sony hopefully stealing the show again was that was the plan in my head um, did, they, did you watch any of uh, sony 3's uh uh stuff when it came out earlier it came out earlier right so basically they technically sony didn't have any e3 stuff but what they did it came is out earlier before they the they posted a few trailers and they talked about like their ps5 hardware and how fast it's going to be etc mm-hmm. but they never really did anything specifically to e3 mm-hmm. i mean you could even say like final fantasy 7 remake it is going to be on Sony. It's a Sony exclusive, yeah. and that was announced at E3. Yeah. So it is kind of like they're participating in E3, but also not participating. But I wanted to see more of that uh, Samurai game. I forgot what it was called. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see more of maybe even Neo 2. Um, there was like, I don't know, there was a lot missing for me specifically. But uh, luckily, there was a lot of new games announced. So why don't we just get started with uh, some of the conferences here. And talk about some things that were announced or some things that were updated that we are interested in or not so interested in. Um, the first conference was the EA conference. And to be honest, there wasn't really a whole lot of new stuff going on besides they showed some gameplay and sort of the the launch trailer. Not launch trailer, the uh a lot more of their star wars game which is called star wars jedi fallen order okay yeah yeah yeah. which the, is the game a it's gonna be a roguelike game kind of right no 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 not not at all it's just which, a, a it, is it a different star wars then because there there was someone like really announcing how you're not you're you're like one against many many uh bad guys Right, which is probably still the case. So it's not a rogue-like game at all. Not like uh, you, you're not going to die were. over and over again. That, that <laughs> do you know what maybe maybe I'm getting the wrong. Yeah, idea. I think you're getting confused. Uh, stealth game. That's what I was trying to try to get at. Oh, like what Assassin's Creed type of thing? It's yeah. It's good. Oh, stealth and roguelike are completely different. Okay, oh, I, I think you're thinking like actually like a person who is, a who is a rogue. Not right. the Okay. Yeah. Not the roguelike games where you're 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 dying over and over and you're yeah. upgrading yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's still anyway. So it's a single player story based game. Um, it's not open world like the Assassin's Creed games, as far as I know. From the trailer, it didn't look like it at all. Um, but you're, it sounds like one of the Jedi fighting, uh, you know, the Sith and the Empire, just as all Star Wars things go. Um, but other than that, EA's conference didn't really seem all that great. They talked about Battlefield Five updates and Apex Legends updates and, uh, you know, FIFA 20 and Madden 20, which are just basically their rinse and repeat Was there something games. about Battlefield 6 or was that just something people were hoping for? I can't remember. I, it, basically, Battlefield 6 was kind of 
they essentially said Battlefield 5 is going to be the Battlefield for a very long time. Mm. Like they're going to update it as much as possible um, and they're just going to keep updating it. And I think that's sort of the trend of a lot of games nowadays is just like get a good title in that has good graphics that will last for five years and just keep updating it until the player base dies or you develop new technology and then make a better version of that game. I mean, I'm not excited for this game necessarily, but there is one specific portion with FIFA. 20. Okay. Are you are you interested in any sports? Are you talking about the the like story? Just mode? the story part, right? Um, I just wish they would do it as DLC rather than buying a, a new or game even like for a separate s- thing, like fifty sixty bucks, right? Like even just doing like a separate s- soccer franchise that's more story driven than uh, the typical FIFA. Yeah, the problem with the problem with FIFA is that they're almost exactly the same. The only difference is you'll get new characters and maybe some slightly right. new, um, new uh, little bit of updated graphics. Uh, new, it's not a lot. New players, the player uh, rosters will change on teams, and I think uh, the last FIFA they even did it where they would update players as the game went on. Anyways, yeah. So um, at least definitely for online stuff trying to recall for anything non-online portions of it yeah for like playing games but yeah uh, i know my my wife plays a lot of it and so she would be like where's guerrero this it's some proven soccer player right and she'd go nuts like every once in a while he would be there every once in a while he wouldn't be mm. uh and actually the real reason for that was because there's actually another game that rivals fifa it's just not as big in the united states it's mm. um pro evolution soccer right um and so and I think that might be more, I want to say it's more PC really, but don't, don't hold me to it. Yeah. I've seen it on the piece on steam a lot. Yeah. Um, one other thing they talked about was Anthem and Anthem's getting an update, which is kind of, I don't know if you heard anything about Anthem, but basically it's not been good so far. It's been one of the biggest flops in gaming in a very long time. And I was really looking forward to it when it, a lot of people out. were really looking, a lot of people pre-purchased it and bought it and played it and realized that the game wasn't a game. Um, but it looks like they're going to update it. You know, the thing about these games that come out as flops is they have a lot of time to regain people's faith in the game. Like No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky or Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, that one was Right. So, like, too. a lot of these games, they can be recovered in some sense. And now Final Fantasy XIV is killing it, and No Man's Sky is apparently good. Yes. So, I think... I think uh, I want to say Final Fantasy fourteen had a faster turnaround than No Man's Sky. Potentially, I think they took a year uh, hiatus. Like they basically, I think they took the game. They took it off. I took think. it offline for a year and then rebuilt it and then re-released it. Yeah, and they did a really good job. Right with the that. Realm Reborn. Great, um, name, great name, by the way, for something. Right, <laughs> that did poorly. Uh, then they talked about some Sims 4 expansions and stuff like that. But ultimately, it was EA. It wasn't that great. There wasn't a whole lot going on. But then we get into the Microsoft conference. That was the following day. And there was actually a lot uh, announced. A lot of actually non-exclusives. But um, it seems like Xbox and Microsoft are really pushing that they're now going to be really focused on releasing titles for PC and Xbox. Yes. And that they're bringing a lot of their um, exclusives to the PC forefront. So you have like Forza, and Forza has been on PC before, I believe. So you got like Forza, Gears of War, Master Chief Collection, stuff like that. Everything's really 
their conference was very PC oriented as well as they talked a little bit about the future of their console and the future of their following console, which is going under project Scarlet at the moment. Um, do but you, do you think that um, the idea of like it basically becoming Xbox slash PC is that the Xbox is going to be something to purchase that's cheap as a PC essentially? And so then, one thing they actually announced, which I, I talked to you about uh, a couple of days ago, was that in the future you'll be able to use your Xbox almost as a server to play your games off of on any device. So you can stream your whatever you want to play you can stream halo from your xbox to your um smart tv to your cell phone tablet computer whatever it is you'll be able to stream your xbox gameplay so that you can play anywhere and this is something that was talked about in the past by things like stadia which is google's cloud streaming gaming service um, where you can basically play any game that is offered on Stadia on any device, and you basically just stream it to that device, and you can play the game. Um, and Xbox and Microsoft seem to be going in that direction as well. So there, there's a lot going on. It's their cloud gaming uh, service. They got Pro- Project Scarlet, which is their next uh, console coming out in 2020, or at least the the bigger announcement will be talked about in 2020. And they have a new Elite controller, which is Bluetooth, so I'm assuming you can actually connect it to your smart TV, connect it to your phone while the cloud service is being used. Um, they did launch a lot of like AAA titles, or announce a lot of AAA titles that aren't necessarily exclusive, like Dying Light 2. And uh, let's see here. Are you interested to see um, how the latency issue is going to be with uh, the controller and then to the whatever server you're talking about? Because I know that's been an issue with the previous um, service that tried to do it. I'm trying to remember their name. There, the there's things head. like OnLive Th- and that's the one. Shadow Gaming, I think, was the other one. Um, yeah, there's like a few services that have tried to do this in the past, and it was never really perfect, especially because the amount of bandwidth you have to use to stream high quality to 4k video 60 frames per second to any device is insane and then adding on to that the latency of using a controller i think google say was asking for like 20 megabits per second 25 megabits per second potentially to be able to do it potentially but so far we haven't really seen the technology in motion right we haven't seen a 4k 60 fps game played from someone's cell phone uh in wherever like if they're streaming it in taiwan or Mm -hmm. like but it is happening at least you were very surprised right i I was very skeptical that the cloud streaming game streaming uh potential was going to be fulfilled this early i thought people were really going to be waiting a couple years until internet services at least catch up and then maybe push the cloud gaming stuff because at the moment there's a lot of people that won't be able to use this service. This is almost like the diehard gaming fans that don't want to necessarily pursue consoles or pursue devices, but would rather pursue a subscription service to some sort of cloud streaming thing uh, who have a great internet service at home and at the office or at wherever. Yeah, the problem is, like, if you have a really good internet service, chance, I have a feeling chances are you probably have a PC, and then you're connected to an Ethernet cable. In some, some sense. Form. I mean, I can get the idea that, let's say, 
Because, like, have you ever gotten Wi-Fi that's been consistently good enough to probably do that? Not necessarily. But my my thought on the thing is is that Google is really marketing to people that are rich, pretend <laughs> not potentially rich, but let's say let's say they work off of a Mac laptop, right? And Mac laptops are not ideal for gaming, and they don't really want to buy a console because whatever, or they might have a console, but it's a couple of generations old. And so both of these different types of people would benefit from, well, yeah. I can just stream my games I, to, to whatever I want. I could see a chunk of people that are not being, that are not being utilized or at least being bought to play. Right. I mean, the main one, I didn't even think of this until now is that mobile is the biggest market. And there are tons of mobile gaming users that don't own a console yeah, and if you just have a service that you can play AAA games from your phone, people are going to be excited about it. My nephews play Fortnite right. on that bullshit, and uh, uh, that's all they do. So, I mean, if they can play other games that uh, they're excited for, like, I mean, obviously this wouldn't happen, but hypothetically, if, like, a Pokemon game could be right. big time on the phone, they would be so stoked for it. Right, and if it was a legit, graphically impressive game, yeah, that would be insane. Um, so some other games that they announced that are not console exclusive are The Outer Worlds, which was made by the team that made, I think it's Obsidian Entertainment is their name. They made the Fallout New Vegas title. Um, there's a Cyberpunk 2077, which was awesome. Keanu Reeves came out on stage. He's in the game. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, he's They've in the game. they that more lately where they put famous actors into Right, and things. Keanu Reeves has been a, a hot commodity lately, so they really lucked out on that one. Yeah, I really need to watch John Wick 2 and 3. I watched the first one. I haven't oh, seen man. any of them. It's fucking good. I, I imagine so, so I got to go watch those at some point. He does it for point. the puppy. For the, the doggo, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is a new Lego Star Wars game if you're interested that has all of the episodes nine Star Wars games in the Lego universe in one game Jesus it's Lord. it's crazy I remember those games being really popular when I, I was really younger I really hope it's like stupid funny like right. they'll just go through episodes super quickly like as a joke right um, Borderlands 3 was announced also Borderlands 2 has a brand new DLC that is completely free um, if you have Borderlands 2, you can hop right into that DLC. You get automatic level 30 if you want, if you haven't played the game before. So you can just hop right into the newest content, essentially. Elden Ring, which is the newest game from, from software, is going to be on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Not a whole a whole lot was shown about that, but that is something that I was really excited for. I mean, I was kind of looking for, like I said, Bloodborne 2. I was looking for the next... From software game. Yeah, Elden Rings looks like uh, a Dark Souls game that's probably going to have a really good story because of George R. R. Martin. Right. So it's basically from software and George R. R. Martin came and it, together it and made this game. It does look like a Dark Souls game. And when I say right. it looks like it, it no, it does. looks totally Dark Souls for sure. Um, and the reason why I'm saying like in that sense is like yeah, it's from it's from software, but um, a lot of the the um, I guess you could say the lighting the the arms, uh, the the bullshit, like the things, like not the, the armor. They are. Everything about yeah. it looked very much like the Dark Souls cinematic intros. It yeah. looked pretty much exactly like a Dark Souls cinematic intro. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get a Bloodborne two. That's just my my personal opinion. <laughs> I I love Bloodborne, by the way. If anyone wants well, the to thing is too, this. Sony didn't have a conference, right? So potentially they could announce it at any time. Yeah. 
Oh, that's right. It is a Sony exclusive. Yeah. That is so special. They about it. could totally just announce it whenever they want. It's fucking bullshit. I really want that on a PC. <laughs> because right. it's I can't stream it. Right. It's bullshit. Um anyways, uh w- there was one particular game. I don't know if you said it, uh Tales of Arise. Do you know uh, yeah, series? this is some anime bullshit. Yeah, you could talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the Tales games are not great there are some good ones now like tales of symphonium it's very animes anime-esque uh okay anime it is basically anime it has okay it has anime in it i won't deny that right tales of basira is one of the recent ones i played it's not the most recent right i watched you you play that and that game is bullshit like in terms (laughs) of like uh um not the graphics the graphics are actually pretty good but just and, and actually some of the dialogue is good but there's just some of it that's just you're like, I want to drop this game right now. It's right. just terrible. Looking at this game, it does not look like... Okay, I it may have had animations, but the stuff outside of the animations did not look like any of the other Any of the games. previous Tales games? It looked good. Okay. I don't know if you saw the trailer for I it. I did. I did see it. Um, I wasn't necessarily turned off by it, but definitely... It, uh, I didn't even realize it was a Tales of game. Th- that's what I'm trying to say. Right. It did not have the same... Um, uh, aspects that no, most right. other Tales games have. They they usually look they're like cell shaded in this certain certain way. That's very right. They have a very particular look to them and feel to them. And this was definitely a little bit different. It did remind me of the Tales of Assyria yeah. game that I watched you play, but it wasn't a hundred percent there. Yeah, here's a good example: the recent Dragon Quest Eleven. Right is representative of what tales games look like this one did not look like at all it's way better i think so i'm really hoping like the monsters looked really cool so this is actually one of the tales games i'm really interested to play uh doesn't i don't like the name arise yeah just that last part right like it sounds cool by itself but like tales of arise it's not even a it, it, right. it's not, it doesn't it's a verb. Uh, <laughs> it's these japanese people need to understand that a tales of arise doesn't make sense yeah. a whole lot grammatically um some other things that just like one particular thing i wanted to talk about was um they showed a indie game called 12 minutes that really looked interesting to me there weren't any there wasn't a hud or anything so i'm assuming the game is will have a hud but it was a top-down game of just you could only see one room of an apartment and it was a couple talking and the man tells the woman that there's going to be someone breaking in and he's going to try to kill her. And what happens then is that a police officer breaks on the door and that th- basically switches to the next scene, which is the man wakes up again and has to go through the same scenario of trying to figure out what's going on, who's the guy trying to break in, how can he save his wife. And it was just really interesting. So essentially it looks like that you'll have 12 minutes to play the game and then it will reset. And you'll just keep going through these 12 minutes trying to figure out what is what is the answer to figuring out the best way to get through this game. How do I save my wife? How do I figure out this riddle that's happening over and over again? Um, and we talked about this before. Was that kind of a lot of games at E3 were about this like loop? Yeah, there was this one game to this day where we'll never figure out what it's called. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but there there were these like... Uh, there was Groundhog Day loop. types games. Yeah. yeah. Where you're you're redoing stuff over and over, and there was I remember uh, 
this game where it had this like cartoony look kind of like Fortnite, where you would be doing uh, uh, trying to kill people as quickly as possible. But uh, they kill you back. And if you do, you have to start over. And now you have to find new strategies to kill more people in a better way. Right. And uh, uh, and then so actually a question about the 12 minutes thing. Right. Did they show a 12 minute trailer? No, (laughs) (laughs) that would have been interesting. But uh, so the thing is, too, is that I'm not. I think there's definitely a difference between the the actual looping like time-based loop so like 12 minutes after 12 minutes the game resets and another game that actually recently came out called outer worlds not the outer worlds which is a new game coming Mm out uh later this year but outer worlds which is a pc game i believe i think it's actually on consoles as well and basically you're an astronaut exploring the universe but the thing is there's a time limit and at the time limit the sun goes supernova and kills everything okay so you basically just have this, I think it's 20 minutes. You have 20 minutes to explore the universe and then it resets. And so you have to go and like find clues to mysteries and like learn about this universe in 20 minute segments. And I think that theme is really carrying over into other games recently, just like 12 minutes. And I believe there's a game called uh, Death Loop, which we didn't really get much info about, but I'm assuming it's about it another looping idea. game. Uh, maybe not time-based, but it's, it's there. Uh, also, some things were Psychonauts 2, which unfortunately didn't seem like the crowd was that involved in or that happy about. They were just kind of clapping a little mildly. But I feel for uh, Double Fine Studios, you know, get Psychonauts 2 out. Hopefully it does well. I'm sorry things haven't been the best in the recent years for you guys. But Wasteland 3, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, Flight Simulator. They also announced the Xbox Game Pass for PC. So essentially you could subscribe to... Yeah, Xbox's service for we're PC to a subscription service, right? Like uh, world. Basically, you could still buy games on PC, but now you can actually just buy a subscription, and you'll get all of the Microsoft games that are being ported from Xbox to PC in the subscription. I wonder how things are. Man, that's going to hurt a lot of people for like indie developers specifically, because like let's say they they want to sell their game right and then uh they're not going to get big you know like let's say they get big you right know, if they get like 10 million hits with this with this pass they probably only they're uh, not going to need to sell one right. but they're not big right right so that means they have to make a game and then if it, it's big then their second game has to be the big one does that make sense well, you're basically there's like no they're sacrificing having to risk putting themselves out there for basically like a guaranteed the game will be probably played. Like if yeah. they include it into the subscription, people will have the game, they'll download it and they'll probably try it out. I guess it's similar to like Humble Bundle. Right. And, like other, and uh, Humble Bundle subscription. itself can be sad if you think about it for too long. Uh, uh, because like people could just take all the money and give it to charities, etc., or give it to Humble Bundle and not mm-hmm. even give it to the game makers. But that's a whole nother thing. Uh, last thing I'm going to mention, uh, because we talked about Microsoft for a while, is that they announced Halo Infinite and how it will be coming to both PC and the next xbox console the scarlet so that's really interesting they're basically moving their console selling franchise to the pc Mm. i'm excited about it i'm excited for the master chief collection that's supposed to be coming out i guess you care more about that than i do yeah Uh, that halo 3 is the definitive it was fun my my childhood gaming in a nutshell anyways i played them (laughs) bethesda conference was next um, not a whole lot of new stuff. I mean, there were actually some new things announced, but not nothing new on Elder Scrolls Six. I played Blades. 
Um, I really don't care for it. Elder Scrolls Blades, the mobile the game. Mobile game. Oh, now it's, it's coming, coming to Switch. Switch. Right. Um, I don't recommend it, guys. Don't buy it. Or, um, sorry, you don't buy it. It's free. Don't pay for it. Don't, but don't pay for don't it. Don't play it. Yeah. Uh, it, at least when I played it, there was very little content. And uh, a lot of the stuff really was like you have to pay if you if you, you have want to pay to basically to play the game, right? Yeah, because otherwise you're just doing quests over and over, and there was no auto system. Mm-hmm. I think if it had an auto system where like you can go through uh, uh, quests and then reap the rewards more quickly, right? Because they did have that, but you had to pay. You had to pay for um, it. You essentially had to pay for it. Yeah. You paid with uh, gems, but then eventually, if you kept doing that, you would have to buy the gems. Mm. So it, you're you're fucked. You're, way. It's basically a money hungry yeah. game. Uh, they did talk about Fallout seventy six, the new expansion for that. They talked about Elder they Scrolls came Online, out with an expansion for Fallout seventy six. I thought that game tanked. It, well, it tanked, but not as bad as other games. So apparently, okay. it's still there's still people playing. Uh, Nick might be playing. Shout out to Nick. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they talked about Elder Scrolls Online a lot, which is also apparently doing really well. They talked about some the new Wolfenstein game coming out, Doom Eternal, which I'm pumped for. They also talked about Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, which are both new games from Bethesda. But we didn't really get anything except for teaser trailers on those. Um, besides that, I don't really think there was much else to talk about from Bethesda. Yeah, they needed something on Elder Scrolls 6, and we're very Right, excited. people are waiting for Elder Scrolls as well as... Um, Oh, man, I forgot the other game. Star, it's Star something. Starbound, Star Citizen. No, no, no. Star, Star Alliance, Star. <laughs> Starfield, Starfield, Starfield. Yeah, Starfield. We we wanted more from Starfield. We wanted more from Elder Scrolls, and it looks like, at least from what the internet's talking about, is that Starfield will come out before Elder Scrolls. So we have a ways to wait for the new Elder Scrolls game. The next thing I want to talk about is Upload VR's little show. It was basically a recorded video that they just uploaded uh, to the stream, to streaming services, I guess. And um, they talked about a lot of new VR games. I know Chase necessarily might not be interested in these, but I have a Vive and I've been looking at getting an Index. I mean, I do have a PSVR. You do have PSVR, I just yeah. don't use it because right. there's never been really any good games. Right. And the thing is, too, is that unfortunately because the upload vrs show although albeit like a very positive thing because it showed a lot of uh vr games and vr developers coming together to put on this show and like showcase of vr games ultimately i don't think it was very good i i wasn't really impressed there has been sort of a i wouldn't say a a vr game desert but there has there has been definitely a recess in quality VR games coming out. Yes, I, w- I would say that most of the games on the Upload VR like show were good in terms of being able to play them and not get sick and maybe have fun for an hour. But VR really needs some hardware selling games. And at the moment, we only have like Beat Saber. We have and Skyrim. <laughs> potentially Skyrim, potentially Fallout, but those both those they're games. Out, but I'm just joking. Yeah, but they were also like never designed for VR, so they're also really kind of shit. Yeah. Um, there was that one game. Uh, I think it was called Blood Rain. Do you know what about Blood and Rain? Potentially. Okay. Uh, don't worry about it then. It's. Uh, I'll look it up in a second while while we talk right. about other but, stuff. Right. But what I was getting at is essentially we have Beat Saber, we have Super Hot, we have Elder Scrolls, and Fallout. 
And other than that, maybe Rec Room, maybe Pavlov, maybe Arizona Sunshine. Like, we have some okay games, but we don't really have games that are going to make people adopt VR as a new platform. Uh, one of the games I was excited to see a little bit more of, which it wasn't actually a little bit more of, but it was mentioned, was Boneworks, um, which is really a, an interesting game that people are looking at for the future to uh, to basically be another quality VR game. Um, Arizona Sunshine's getting some DLC. It was kind of cool to see that uh, uh, Budget Cuts is getting a sequel as well as what was the other game that got a sequel oh i expect you to die which is getting a dlc but it's not it's not a sequel but i expect you to die was a very good cheap fun experience in vr and i'm looking forward to that but really after that i'm not really excited about any of these vr games coming out we saw things like akron attack of the squirrels which was a really disappointing looking title and they 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 had a trailer that it was like four or five minutes long. It was like you can't show this to the world as representing what VR is because this is a terrible thing. It was basically a you the VR person the person playing in VR plays as a tree and everyone else plays on a mobile device and are playing as squirrels that steal acorns from the tree and it just looked like garbage. The Walking Den Walking Dead is also getting a VR game that looks like a a uh, B version of Arizona Sunshine. So it's just kind of, things are a little bit disappointing in the VR area. I'm still waiting for some console, not console, hardware selling games to come out. The one I'm just talking about, it's not Blood Rain, it's uh, Blood and Truth. Do you know that game? Blood and Truth, it doesn't sound familiar. Okay. So that one is, I remember that getting a lot of hype. I don't know if they talked about it in this. this uh, no, and it I doesn't look like they did. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's still in the, the pre-order portion of it but you're uh it looks like you're an action hero and you're you're like dealing with crime in london and so it's going to be i guess i think maybe it i want to say it got some of the ideas from hardcore henry but uh do you know hardcore henry yeah yeah but anyways don't don't quote me on that, we'll that one looked really good it had, right. it's supposed to be like high-end graphics for a vr game it's something that you didn't you know most uh, vr games just don't get right because of funding um, one other game I want to mention is I think it's Ad- Asgard's Wrath, which is, is exclusive to Oculus, but the game, I believe Oculus dumped a ton of money into this game and it's supposed to be the largest VR centric title. I mean, Skyrim and Fallout are huge, but they weren't developed for VR. Asgard's Wrath has been developed for VR from the beginning and it's supposed to be very, very large in terms of content. Um, but getting off of VR, because like I said, it's a little bit depressing for me. Let's move on to Devolver Digital's little show, which was honestly the smallest thing in the world. Last year, I felt like they had a big presence for being just a publisher um, and an indie publisher at that. But I felt like they really knocked their spot out of the park. But this year, it was really kind of underwhelming. It was just a... Um, it was just a video. They didn't go on stage they only really showed off four games they showed off fall guys which is essentially a massive multiplayer game not an mmorpg but it's a if you've ever watched on twitch people play this marble game where all of the people in chat become a marble and they all drop 
and whoever gets the end gets like a subscription to the channel or whatever essentially it's a death run game and it's probably just going to be a twitch twitch streamer happy game um they also showed devolver bootleg which is a ripoff of all of their not all of their games but a ripoff of several of their games and made into like a bootleg version and it's this little it's a game that includes bootleg versions of several of their games which was sort of like a meme game carrion it was just another indie game i don't know all of these are just they all feel kind of the same to me at some point in the yeah, messenger I don't know any of these <laughs> yeah you don't know the messenger released uh or showed that they were coming out with a dlc i believe i don't know if it's a dlc or an actual game itself but it's called picnic panic and it was kind of this i don't know it was a definitely a mix mix up from what the messenger was the messenger was a ninja gaiden um spiritual successor in a lot of ways and picnic panic is sort of the the fun quirky version of that uh, the the beach theme if you if you want um so moving off of that devolver digital wasn't that large but if we go to the pc gaming show uh that was actually pretty interesting there's two that i'm interested in with the the pc gaming one all right what um, which ones um chivalry 2 yeah and Baldur's gate 3 nice Okay, I mean, I there is Borderlands three, but you kind of already talked about it. But um, or did you talk about it? Yeah, only a little bit. Yeah. You can talk about more if you, you have anything. Uh, I mean, I played the original Borderlands, and I thought that was really fun. But then I played Borderlands two, and I did not find that fun at right. all. Right, actually, the same same goes for me. I well, actually, for all Borderlands, I have an issue where I'll enjoy the beginning, mm-hmm. but then it loses its magic, and I just can't play anymore. Like I can't. How do they do the cutscenes in Borderlands? Is that one of the big reasons why? Can you move around? There are there any cutscenes in, in the cutscenes are they're in game? They're, right? they're, no, they're well, yeah, they're in the game, but they're cutscene cutscenes where you don't see your character in relation to what's going on on the screen. Okay. It's just like a boss introducing itself or whatever. Okay, like the nine toes in Borderlands one, he comes <laughs> out and it says nine toes. He has one ball or something i forgot what he said <laughs> i forgot what it says or he has three balls or something like that i forgot what it is <laughs> but like weird. that stuff was really entertaining at the beginning of borderlands and i really got into it but at some point it just becomes another looter shooter which is okay but i just can't get into it because the combat is pretty samey to me i don't know but i do agree that um chivalry 2 it was interesting to me. I backed Chivalry 1 on Kickstarter when it came out. I didn't even know Chivalry in the beginning. I was assuming, uh, but it remind, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, Chivalry 2 is uh, like the, bat, at least the trailer, was the battles in Kingdom Come. Mm. So right. it looks like a little bit more sh- either A, streamlined, or B, better just overall. Right. Because uh, like I saw some of the head chopping off in right. Chivalry 2, and that looked really, really cool. Um, it looks like they're large scale It's 64, 64 players. But oh, so you were actually competing against you're other competing players. against other play. It's only multiplayer. I believe. That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, and it, and it, the thing I liked about it is like um, from Kingdom Come, I really liked the kind of the battles that you had because like there was strategy to like where you put your sword. Right. How do you how do you defend against an attack right. with a, a two handed weapon or do you use a shield? And I think they do have that stuff in. in yes, in the they game. do. So Chivalry One was very actually in a lot of ways Kingdom Come felt similar to Chivalry One. In Chivalry 1, you could essentially any direction you're moving influences where your sword is going to be coming from mm-hmm. or whatever weapon you're using. And the angle at which you you can actually like you can determine what angle your sword is coming from as well as like the momentum that's behind it. So you could get very tactical with it and you could also like do feints where you would swing and then fake right. um, and 
it was it was very complicated but it looks like chivalry 2 is going to get even more complicated but one thing i was concerned about chivalry 2 is that there's a game currently out called mordhow uh which is essentially upgraded chivalry 1 by a different studio and mm-hmm. it looks pretty darn good uh, is it out already it is out okay what was the name of it mordhow mordhow <laughs> m-o-r-d-h-a-u i believe and it's on uh, pc it's on pc okay, yeah I'll for 30 dollars I'm actually, it's on my wish list and I'm waiting for it to come on sale during the <laughs> oh summer. Oh my God, kill me. Yeah, it, it looks... What game do you want next, Quinn? <laughs> I, no, I got it. Don't worry about me. I got some Steam gift cards. Um, another thing that was interesting was uh, we saw a little bit more from Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, which randomly was deciding that is going to come out. I think it's uh, 12 years since the first one or something like that. And uh, it was shown on Steam, like the pre-order, you could pre-order it a while ago on Steam and people were freaking out. They're just like, what is... This game, what is it about? It looks so cool. The graphics look really good. And we were able to see a little bit more of that. Another thing I was interested in was Maneater, which is where you play as a shark. It's a shark PG. I think I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, so it's a shark RPG, which looked interesting. I, I'm Okay, 100%, I'm not going to buy this game. But just the idea that this is being developed and actually like thought is being put into this game, it entertains me um you'll you'll subscribe to someone on twitch who plays it <laughs> right i'll watch someone on Twitch. i won't even subscribe okay. to them i'll just watch someone play it on twitch um uh what do you think about did you see anything about conan unconquered i didn't actually see the trailer but i know is it related to the older game like conan exiles and things so like conan that? exiles was similar to a survive it was like a survival game yeah uh conan Terrible, by the way but it had a lot of good ideas conan unconquered is a real-time strategy game oh, okay it's so similar it's to different. like the Stronghold series mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, one thing that was interesting was Auto Chess, which was a huge Dota 2 mod that is like taken over Dota 2, has been made into a full game by the studio that made the mod. So they're oh, wow. taking essentially that hype and fame from the mod and saying, mm-hmm. just buy our game. It's going to be better than the mod. And by the way, screw you, Valve. Because <laughs> uh, I think Valve actually tried to buy them or actually buy the rights to the mod so that they could develop their own game because Valve is hurting because all of their recent games or recent uh, ventures have not panned out like uh, Artifact. Half-Life 3. Oh, let's see if Half-Life 3 even comes out. No, Half-Life VR! <laughs> that's something I'd look forward to in my VR, upload VR segment, but that wasn't that there. Happen, yeah. And it probably won't be announced, if ever. So, that's great. Oh, fuck Valve. <laughs> um, Baldur's Gate, like you said, Baldur's Gate 3 is being developed by the people that made... Divinity, right? Divinity uh, 1 and 2. I don't remember their names. Um, I think it's Legion or something. I think it, it might be matter. Legion. Yeah, it doesn't it's, really matter. The, the game is awesome. It's going to be crazy. That they, it, It's just awesome that the people that made Divinity actually require, or acquired the rights to a series from D&D. So they're actually going to make a D&D game that is the most D&D out of any game ever created. And that's insane. Yeah, I actually, when I, I played one of the Baldur's Gates, but it was actually a spinoff. You just, right, you just I, yeah, we, I played it with you. It was uh, a um, Baldur's Gate... Two Dark Alliance. Dark Alliance. It was Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance okay. 1. We, we played um, the first one. We played the second yeah, one. we played it, I think, on the PS2. Yeah, it was PS2. basically a Diablo-esque game, I think. Yeah, it was so. very Diablo-esque. Uh, but the cool thing was you could have, like, couch co-op, which was awesome. Yeah, that was actually... That was, I, I don't understand why 
that isn't a, like a category anymore where you could have like a dark alliance game or you could have a dark alliance game but just play with buddies online like yeah there's diablo and stuff like that but Baldur's gate i just have such fond memories so of. there was a game that you played i think a year ago called a way out right um which was a co-op game that you play um like a small story right it was like five hours long five six hours and uh i think that those ideas of games need to be bigger more co-op oriented games yeah Yeah. they seem very fun to play those type of games right um a completely different type of game but it is but the idea (laughs) is that the co-op games don't feel as uh uh, much presence as as i would like in, in other things like there there are quote-unquote co-op games like rocket league but those aren't necessarily well i think there there has been indefinitely a surge in co-op games in terms of like division 2 borderlands 3 all these looter shoot these shoot based co-op games or not shoot loot based co-op games that have been coming out have sort of taken over the market destiny 2 division 2 i guess i want more of an rpg right well yeah i uh, think just just having like a proper co-op game Right, like something where it's not about grinding endless hours to get loot, etc., and you can play solo more of like a game you're supposed mm-hmm. to play with friends, and it's fun. It's more fun to play with friends, but then again, most games are more fun to play with friends. Yeah. Um, we're gonna skip over. There was a a segment where they kind of just showed a bunch of random games that are coming out. Um, Shenmue three, stuff like that uh new red faction remastered and there's potentially a red faction game coming out a new one coming out next year but we're going to skip over the it was called the limited run section and we're going to go straight to ubisoft 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 i don't know how it's pronounced there's everyone on stage pronounces something a little bit differently so i was kind of confused it's ububusoft ububusoft ububu yeah um right off the bat i think Ubisoft did really well compared to Bethesda and EA. They announced Watch Dogs Legion, which is honestly one of the things I'm most excited about at the moment. It allows you to play as any NPC in the game. You basically turn an NPC into a character, and then you play that character. Essentially, the game is about um, making people join this legion of hackers and your goal is to essentially convert normal civilians to your side. So you can have, like, cops join your side, and then they become undercover hackers, and you play as them, and they have special traits based on their profession in real life. Uh, you can play as, like, an old woman, and your your movement speed is super limited, but you might have more experience in something more in particular. Wisdom. Yeah, you have, you have more wisdom trait. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. I think the problem I had with it is that is every elderly character going to play the same? Is every Mm -hmm. normal middle-aged person going to play the same? I wonder, it'd be interesting maybe if they had like jobs, like they were job specific. Like let's say you played an old woman who used to be, uh, like a, a worker in a factory. Right. And so maybe, I don't know, they, they're actually, actually that would be, they would not have dexterous hands. They would have, uh. Uh, that one disease, arthritis. <laughs> but <laughs> even uh, slower, but like, more it would fragile. be really interesting. Maybe if they added jobs, but you, like you said, we yeah, I think adding more detail to that mechanic would be so interesting. I think the thing is, I'm because waiting. that was their idea. They right. were saying like we're gonna give like 
Red Dead Red Dead Redemption Two status where like that you can follow a person and right. like they have like a work schedule. They have a life. Yeah. Everyone has a life and you can take over that person and basically live their life yeah. times five. How because do you take them haggard. over? You just get to pick? Or, or you it, basically, you don't pick, you have to. Is that a game mechanic to... or is that an actual thing like it's in the game so, that like it makes sense inside? So it, it was a little bit unclear, but what it seemed like is that you would have a mission to find someone who has a particular skill set then you can search the public by hacking into their phone and seeing like their facebook or or whatever the in-game equivalent is and essentially you see their life and it tells you their occupation what their benefits would be like plus 10 to hacking plus five to drone flight Uh, so once they join the legion you get to control them or something like that. right so essentially you go it seemed like you go on a mission to find a type of person right Mm -hmm. let's say like a, a skill type and then you get to pick out of all the NPCs who you want to join your group. Um, one thing that's interesting, though, is that if you're... So as you're playing as a character, right, going to recruit people, if you die, you're permanently dead. Mm-hmm. And now you have to play as one of the, your other recruits. So you're basically switching between all of your recruits, and each of those people is your main character. Okay. Now, the problem I have is that I really, like, like you were saying, is that if they added more detail, it'd be phenomenal. And, like, the, what comes to mind is the um, Shadow of Mordor games where the enemies had personalities unique and personalities yeah. and traits and they would evolve over time. And if you died to them, they would grow stronger and have, like, a specific hatred towards you. Or if you killed them and they survived... They would have like special traits, etc. And if they go into that level of detail, I think Watchdog Legions will be a great game. Going on to some other stuff, they talked about uh, Rainbow Six Siege and uh, that continuing on in the future. Brawlhalla got a little DLC with Adventure Time. Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which is the new, it's basically the sequel to Ghost Recon Wildlands. Looks interesting. I played Wildlands and I didn't necessarily think it was that great of a game. It was kind of like a a B level game, but you know it was okay. <laughs> like I played it with uh, I played it with a friend and that made it fun. But if I played it by myself, I, it would not have uh, been that great of a game. They also talked about uh, some mobile game, which is Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which seems like every mobile game ever, where you have a squad and you go through like a dungeon and fight another squad and blah 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 blah. Uh, Just Dance 2020, For Honor gets a DLC, uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine is a new game they're developing, which is essentially, it looks like a zombie co-op game, not zombie necessarily, but some sort of mutant disease or illness is spreading, uh, and then they're, they announced their DLC for the next year or more for The Division 2. Roller Champions looked interesting. It is a sports s game where you're on a roller derby team and you have to score a, a ball through hoops. I want to see more of that. Gods and Monsters also looks interesting. It was very short, right? They just had a trailer. Or did they have something else with it because for Roller it, Champions? No, 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 no. Gods, Gods and, and Monsters. Monsters. It was really. It was just a trailer. Okay. It was just like the shortest of short really trailers. Really cool. It did look really cool, but there was nothing you could say about it. Yeah, so. it was just like this trailer is a decent trailer. Yeah. And that's all you could say. And for a lot of games in E3, that was sort of how things went. Um, then we had Square Enix. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, did you actually watch the full conference, Chase? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, but I know one, two, three, 
Three. Four of them. I know four. four. Of them. I knew okay. four of them really well before even coming into the conference. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, I'm uh, super excited for Final Fantasy VII Remake. When that right. trailer... Uh, so they showed a trailer earlier throughout the week, and then they showed the other one. There was like an extended trailer. Right, um, they showed, actually it. showed like a bunch of trailers, but yes. Um, and uh, it, they finally showed Tifa. So if you don't know who Tifa is, she's the one with the biggest breasts in the world. That's just <laughs> all you have to know. And thank goodness, this is good actually. People, I know you're going to be upset, but they did breast reduction on her. And they made her a little bit more Asian, um, more Japanese, I, I would say. And I think she looks really good. She, her voice sounded really good. Her battle scenes looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... This was like if there was a uh, like an overjoyous moment, like a little slight tear in your eye. Yeah, seeing her was awesome, and I heard the reactions in the crowd. Yeah, wow, they they were super. Well, yeah, it was kind of I like I had, I never played Final Fantasy VII. I just watched you, and I had no idea what the hell I was under- going on. I understand Final Fantasy VII right. is a really good game, but it's terrible to look at. Right. Um. But I agree. Like just people in the crowd freaked out when Tifa came on screen, and that was like. Like I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on, but I could tell people were really, yeah. really excited about it. It's, I think it's going to be. A, so uh, I listened to a podcast that like loves them to death, right? Uh, but they, you know, they're not excited for the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, after this trailer, I'm going to say like this is going to be really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to be way right. better than. Uh, anything uh that they've come out with and was there points on the podcast because this is i've heard people there, talk about this as well is that because it's not a turn-based rpg people are upset so i i heard uh they were talking about some of the gameplay and they said it's going to try and mix a lot of action and turn-based uh right. ideas i think they're what they're going to do is they're going to slow down the battle um, when you want to use magic and other things, which is essentially a turn-based. So, so what, what, maybe you didn't see this trailer, but essentially, it, they're allowing you to do either or. Oh, yeah, you basically can have a hot, a hot bar, not a hot bar, but you have a ATB bar, right? No, 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 no. It's um, well, yeah, there's ATB, but they have. You can bind buttons to specific like spells. Right. So instead of going into the paused ATB tactical menu mm-hmm. where you can have each character select a different person, you essentially could play it like Final Fantasy 15 where you just like press a button yeah. and it like executes. Um, so basically they're trying to cater to both a little bit. And that seems cool. And I, and I think it's going to be a good mix because it's too slow to be uh, turn-based anymore, in right. my opinion. And I think uh, uh, some sort of like mix of it is going to look well right um well to be honest for me and i think a lot of other people is that this is going this is the perfect way to get into final yeah. fantasy 7 at least this the story of it because yeah. the biggest thing they don't like about it is because it's a cash cow i mean what game did they pick they picked the one that most people love but it wouldn't you say that's the one most people want uh yes but i th- <sighs> It, it's the the argument, at least from the uh, the shows that I listened to, is that it was it's already a great game. Why remake a game that was already oh, it's great. to to get people to play it? Yeah, it's, no one, no no me, no Quinn, no person who yeah. has not played the game will go play the game. Yeah, 
And I because agree. Because it, it looks like shit and it is super dated and there's no reason to go play it. Now, Stop with, hurting on my game. I'm, I'm, just, just I'm just saying <laughs> the truth. And Final Fantasy VII Remake is that gateway to get people into Final Fantasy. Yeah, I think like 15 was a big stepping stone. And right. then this one is going to be another one. Although they really need to take out the remake part in the name. They're, I don't know. Japanese people are terrible at naming things. That I don't understand. Very much true. Like Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, why do you have to... I don't know. Like, it is a remake. Yes, you were right. Final Fantasy VII Remake is a remake. I don't know Mm -hmm. why you have to label it remake. Anyways, uh, they talked about Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. It's not good. Yeah, it looks like a really shitty Um, mobile game. The fact that it's a mobile game is now more of a plus, actually, because they were going to have this on the PS4 only, at least, when I first heard about it. And, yes, No way it was going to be a $60 game. uh, Oh, I don't know. Uh, probably not. Yeah, if that I, was I'd see maybe forty. Okay. Uh, and um, I played the original, and it's it's a chibi game kind of. Yeah. Uh, and it, the big thing, you know, it's funny though. It's a co-op game. It's mm. a co-op game, and that's what's really special about it. But it's it's just not as good as uh, some of the other Final Fantasy titles that have right. come out. So well, speaking of another Final Fantasy title is Final Fantasy VIII the remastered. remastered edition. So the reason why they're they're doing this, I think, is that uh, there's been some issues. I think with um, like corruption with the game or something. Oh right, you were saying it's it was the like worst game to port to anything else. Yeah, there was something wrong with it. Uh, I don't want to quote me on anything, but anyways, there was an issue with it, and that's why it wasn't being shown off on a lot of uh, consoles. In fact, the last console it was on, besides the PS1, was the PS3. Right. So, which which could play PS1 games. Yeah. Right. So it's it's really odd that um, every other game is getting it. Uh, right. a, some either a remaster or b port and then this one's not and so the fact that they're coming out with a remaster it seems interesting right it might be i'm still debating whether or not i'll get it i mean it, the, the beneficial thing too is that for people who aren't going to get into people already dedicated to the final fantasy universe right mm-hmm. who are no doubt going to buy final fantasy 7 but now they'll have access to it but yeah, but have been waiting for like another game they love to come out that is Final Fantasy related. Like I think that because it's supposed to come out by the end of the year and then Final Fantasy 7 doesn't come out until next year. So yeah. it kind of gives like, here's another thing you can play that won't be full price and you can play through one of the old games that you currently are not able to play through in a lot of ways. Yeah. So uh, that's cool. The last thing about, I, I didn't see much of this, but I know there's probably a big hype for the Marvel's Avengers game done by Square Enix. Do you know more about it? Right, yeah. So the Marvel Avengers game looked pretty, it looked okay. Like, it's it's going to be really, really hard to fill the shoes of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. The fact that Square film. Enix, I mean, Square Enix is a big company, but it's still... But they're, so they're, 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 they're not only the publishing. Biggest. So Square Enix is a publisher. They're, oh, not, they're not developing it. It's uh, by... They're both. Right, Enix, right, right. But Enix for this. For this. Oh, okay. For, for Marvel Avengers. They're, I forgot the studio that's actually developing it, but I think it's two studios working together, and then Square okay. Enix is kind of overseeing it. Um, it looks okay. It looks okay. The voice acting, a lot of people are like kind of iffy about because it's not... 
the actors. Mm-hmm. It is uh, separate voice actors, and the the game is actually going in a different direction. It's not going based off the cinematic universe canon. It's trying to make its own uh, spinoff sort of thing. So we'll see how it goes. The trailer looked interesting. There wasn't any re- real gameplay. It, we'll see. I think it's a wait and see sort of situation. It's not a buy it right now, like mm-hmm. pre-order everything on everything. It's sort of a wait and see. They did also show Outriders, uh, but not too much. It was just like another teaser trailer of what's coming up in the future. And then this game called Oninaki. I do not know it. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. You can go for it. Do you know anything about it? Because I do not know. Um, yeah, I remember I remember seeing the trailer. I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily too impressed. It was hard to... It was hard to be impressed by it because everyone was just waiting for two things. Everyone was waiting for Final Fantasy VII, and everyone was waiting for uh, Marvel Marvel's yeah, game. Those are the two Avengers. Yeah. You want to move on to just Nintendo? I don't. I, it it kind of. It's just it's just like a hack and slash yeah. RPG looking thing. It, it's uh, you know if you got a Switch and there's not many games you can buy it there. They but just, they should just come out with a what was that one Wolf game? Okana two Okami. Oh right right right. They that, should just come out with that. They did in HD. No, but like two. The, the number two, right? I don't think they have number two. Out. I, don't I don't think the number two ever. They should just out. do that. that. That's better. Right. Ending with Nintendo as the last conference yeah, yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, thingy. Yeah. Um, Ooh, did they so steal the many show? Switch games? Did they steal the show? Uh, potentially. Uh, the thing is, I don't. I'm not the biggest Nintendo fan because I don't own any Nintendo products, but. Nintendo Direct, their their idea to move away from conferences altogether but also mm-hmm. show something has worked wonders for them because they're also the last one to show stuff. Yeah. And they kind of just say, here's games, 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 everything you wanted and more. And they kind of just... I think, I think like, if you had... Okay, I know they're not part of E3, but, right. like... Well, I they think, technically are. Okay, but... It, out of all the uh, uh, conferences, conferences, this is, I think, the one that won. There's a lot of things I want to talk about, right? Uh, that they're bringing, and a lot of good games that they're 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 developing as right. well. Even indie games, technically, right? Um, but let's see. What do you want to talk about first? Do you oh, want why don't to- Why don't you take take the reins on this one? Because I know you're, like I said, you you actually have access to a Switch at the very least. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> um, I have access to a 3DS and my nephew switches. <laughs> right. And uh, I think these were all Switch games, actually. They didn't talk about any 3DS development. Um, but one of the big ones um, I liked was uh, Trials of Mana. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll come back to some of the other ones that are on right. this list. So Trials of Mana was, uh, I believe, a game that... I think this is actually a, re- uh, a remake, actually. Um, no, I think it's... Was, I think the Trials of is a series, and Mana is the newest one. No, uh, Mana are the series. No, I think there's, it's... There's Secret of Mana. Oh, yeah, the, it, of uh, Mana is a series, and I think Trials is the newest version. Is that that's Because uh, I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be the second one in, mm. in a series that was in Japan that did not come out in the United States, and then mm. now I think they came out with a newer, like a new idealized version of it. Right. Anyways. I, well, uh, well, it, fucking so I think it's called it's called Saiken Densetsu 3 <laughs> yeah. in Japan. So it's the third of the series of games. I think okay. it's just the newest one coming out, and they're also having a a collection come out of the previous two on the switch as well. Okay. Maybe that's what I was talking about. The collection of mana right. games. Cause there were some games that they just come out in Japan and they never get right. localized in the United States. Right. Um, 
there were some actually i don't know anything about the resident evil stuff but there was fire emblem uh three houses i like fire emblem games i've played um even the most recent ones i will say i do not like the most recent ones Mm. and it's specifically uh, and i'm talking about uh birthright and i think it was conquest and they're not good and the mm. reason why they're not good is because uh, they need to stick to their their traditions of of people not talking in the games, because mm. they they get bullshit uh, voice actors to do it. And right. here's the sad part: they don't even voice the entire uh, uh, um, the entirety of the character. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll talk, and then like they'll say. Oh no! And then like it'll say, "Oh no!" And then a long sentence about oh, like, what I they're talking about. Oh, I hate that. Fucking hate that so I much. I hate that. That reminds me of uh, Pyre, where they literally didn't have any voice actors, and it was just like long, it was long. just like paragraphs of text, and it was like, "How are you supposed to be entertained?" But I like that better than actually having a voice actor well, I for think, a part. Right, I think it wasn't... They wouldn't say, like, oh, no. They wouldn't say the first word. Yeah. But they'd be like... Burr. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Those, that's terrible. Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I'm hoping that maybe with the three houses, they're going to at least do do some changes. Because the gameplay is awesome for right. these games. These... Uh, uh, if you don't know what it is, it's... Uh, they're strategy games. Yeah, turn-based they're, strategy. Yeah. And yeah. it's always been turn-based. I don't think I've ever seen any form of active time battle or anything like that. They've always kept to the roots right. in that aspect. And, but they'll add like, oh, now dragons. And then they'll have like certain like affiliation to colors and how they do more damage to others. Right. Uh, they, they'll add new mechanics on top yeah. of the existing uh, turn-based tactical. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. Right. So I'm really hoping for, for uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses to like change something. Especially since it's on the Switch. It's right. not, it's actually a main console game. In fact, sorry to, to, to stay on it for so long, <laughs> but 3DS was most, or sorry, uh, handheld games was mostly where they were at. They, I, I, I honestly, the last game I remember was on the GameCube. You're talking about for Fire Emblem. For, for Fire Emblem. Right, right. Yeah. They, Fire Emblem hasn't been on consoles for a while. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised that No More Heroes 3 was, uh, coming out. Because I remember those games on the Wii and Wii U. Like, I was so surprised that, like, because those were very heavenly, heavily, heavenly, heavenly, <laughs> heavily motion control games, at least as far as I remember. Um, and, like, those were really good games on, this, on the Wii and Wii U. So that's really cool to see. Um, then they're they're having some stuff like The Witcher Three, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh my god, how is The Witcher Three like the best, like the biggest game of I think it was twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen coming to Switch? That's insane. Switch is getting all these large games now, like they had Skyrim and all this other the Diablo, etc. I really think what they're trying to do is they're trying to say like, hey, we have all the other games like Skyrim, and right? All those games, and like they exist. Here. You're not sacrificing you anything, yeah, exactly. You don't have to sacrifice playing games you might have to sacrifice a little bit on on graphical quality yes but if the game like nintendo is about the gameplay so if the gameplay of that game is good you're not sacrificing anything here's to make matters worse i know i don't know if they came out in the nintendo live stream about this but they are making a nintendo switch essentially pro God. To make it even fucking better, right, right. So and uh, so they're gonna make that, and then a shittier version of the Nintendo Switch, actually, which is uh, I think it, there's they're removing some 
uh, not parts, but like functionality. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not sure if this one's actually taking about hypothetically vibration. Right. Uh, just, just whatever, vibrating. some components that are ne- not essential. Yeah. And so then right. that way that'll, it'll reduce the price and then they're going to have the more expensive one, right. which is essentially the Nintendo Switch 2.0. Right, Whenever. they have other things uh, coming too, as well as um, like just from console games. Essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, like they have Spyro, which is a Sony. That was a Sony ex- exclusive game. Yeah, a Sony when. exclusive game. The the trilogy. I forgot what it's called. Spyro Reignited uh, trilogy is coming. They have Doom Eternal, the newest Doom game, is coming to the Switch. Like it's kind of Wolfenstein, Youngblood, Dead by Daylight. Like they're really trying to get, trying to show at least that hey, we can play the games you like to play on other consoles. You don't need to. Where you're not losing anything. You we can we can yeah. give you the games you want that are AAA. You're not losing anything. Uh, another one that I'm there's there's two Legend of Zelda games. I mean, there's also the the um. Breath of the Wild DLC, but I mean, it's it was small, right? And there's I don't I never actually played Breath of the Wild, uh, which is really sad because right. like that is like if there was a a Switch game to play, it'd be that game, right? But um, there are two particular games that are interesting. I don't know if you ever played Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. I want to say that was on the Game Boy. Oh, this is a remake. This is a remake, mm. and they did it in 3D. Um, uh, and so Link's Awakening. Um, well, it's still. It's still it's 3D components, but still top down 2D gameplay. Yes. Yeah. 2D gameplay. Yeah. Because uh, you're just moving. Sure. On a plane. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, the uh, it 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 looks good. It was a really fun game that was on the Game Boy that didn't really get a lot of like public love i want right, to say right and i think the fact that they're going to kind of remake that game to to actually play yeah. sounds fun and people freaked out at the end of the nintendo direct where they said breath of the wild is getting a sequel and uh, we're in oh wait sorry that was a sequel oh i thought it was a dlc no yeah they were like oh hey breath of the wild is getting a sequel and yeah. we're starting to develop on to develop it right now Oof, i wonder what that's that's surprising actually um but what potentially the greatest Zelda game of all time is How's going that? to get another one. No, the reason why it's surprising is that they've never done it before. And Ocarina of Time was really big too. Right. Uh, they did Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, which was completely, which is was the closest thing I could think of to like a sequel to Ocarina of Time. Right. And so essentially from what I what I've gathered is that the sequel to Breath of the Wild will be similar to Majora's Mask for Ocarina of Time. Like that sort of sequelality oh, that'd be interesting because it sounds if it's maybe they can not have to use as many assets and they can like go through this game faster but then have like a very different style of playing like that's what they what said majora's it's gonna be they said it's gonna be a darker world yeah that's that's what majora's mask was uh because the graphics between that and ocarina of time were essentially the same right and they kind of re i don't want to say they reuse assets but they they it, it, it kind of uh kept the same stuff Right, so they'll have to. It was a similar yeah. feeling game, yeah, but it, it was very different, different universe aspect. and stuff like that. And yeah. so I think that's a good idea. I mean, it, I mean, like you said, it was the greatest game of all of all time for the Switch, probably. Right. Um, that and, and the, the best Mario link game. game, yeah. Um, then the other Link game that I'm interested about is the uh, Cadence of Hyrule. I think it's called. Is that yeah. the name of it? Um, 
Yes. Yes. So Cadence of Hyrule is uh, is it made by the same people who make new made Dance of the uh, sorry Death of the Necrodancer? It's that one game you used to like. Oh yes. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's made by the same people who made that game, and they're going to make a, a, a Legend of Zelda game with. It's not with Link. It's it's like a person. female. It's a female Link, essentially. Right. And I but think, you can play as Link as well. So basically, you're going through multiple characters' stories. Okay. But they're they're the story. The games aren't necessarily story games. They're more just the gameplay is interesting because you're you're going to the beat of mm-hmm. the soundtrack, and that's how you play the game. And I think that's fun. It's different, yeah. and it's something that people actually know, which is Legend of Zelda. So it's like they can they can like almost bring in people from a different genre, or like, like right. sorry, I should say they have this huge group of people who love Legend of Zelda, and then they can like add them to a new type of genre, like introduce them, to right, something. and also get them like familiar with interesting mechanics that come from the indie game world. Yeah, like hey you're going to be interested in this because it's legend of zelda but also check out like the interesting gameplay that you would never get in a traditional legend of zelda game Uh, i also want to mention out once again that the japanese have a terrible time naming things the actual name of this game is cadence of hyrule crypt of the necrodancer feet the legend of zelda (laughs) are you are you fucking serious i'm i'm serious that is what it's called fucking need to kill them (laughs) You know, I think they need to like get like a what is it a PR person in in the United States? They need and, a translator. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they, the, no, no, no. But they need a translator with authority because a translator just translates what right. No, like, they, need they need someone, someone who's like, says, okay, I don't know if this is gonna there's s- something wrong with what you're doing. <laughs> right, right. The thing is, it's gonna sell either way. Um, one other thing is Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence is the the female character that is neither Link or Zelda. So in the yeah. game, you're going to be playing as Link, Link Zelda, and Cadence. Mm-hmm. And she's I'm assuming she's the one, like an actual character from Crypt of the Necrodancer. I don't know. But put in but the it, it Hyrule sounds, universe. It sounds cool. That's all that matters. Um, so many things were announced. They have Animal Crossing, Nino Kuni. Super excited for Animal Crossing. Did you ever play the original Animal Crossing? I did not. Okay, I'm super excited. I need a game like that. Right. I love games like Time, uh, my time at Porsche or um, Portia. Was it Porsche or Portia? Porsche. And then the uh, farming, Stardew one. Valley, Stardew Valley. Like th- so it's not it's it's not those type of games where it's a farming simulator, right? But, but it, it is, the feel of the town and the community exactly. is very similar. Yeah, it's a leisure game, right? And so those are that's why I'm really excited for that game coming out. Super Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Brothers gets a Banjo-Kazooie DLC, new Super Lucky's Tale. Lucky's Tale was like a really like award-winning platforming game, uh, which was interesting. Kind of just came out of luck, left field. Um, Just Dance, Stranger Things gets a game. Dragon Quest Builders 2, which is an interesting uh, Dragon uh, Quest spinoff. Dauntless is already out, right? Yes, Dauntless is already out. Okay. on P- It came out on PC first, okay, so and it's that's coming, coming to, to Switch. Switch. Okay. Uh, Alien Isolation, Dead by Daylight, Sinking City, which is interesting. If it's the game I'm thinking about, um, which I don't think it actually is, so never mind. Oh, it is. Yeah, Sinking City is coming to Switch, and Sinking City is like a noir... um, What was the the genre or the, the setting you would describe as like Bloodborne? What did they call that? Victorian or HP Lovecraft. It was so this is a Lovecraftian Ooh, that sounds like awesome. mystery 
Cthulhu better fucking be. Yeah, there. there's like Cthulhu, like it's very weird. The trailer's super creepy and weird. Um, you talk to like fish people and try and like solve a murder or murders. It's a very weird thing, but the graphics look so good. So I have no idea how that's coming to Switch. That's insane. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, okay, if you okay, want to talk okay. about that. Well, let's leave yeah. that to the end because that's, that's the <laughs> okay. we'll leave that to the end. Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil 6, um, Witcher 3, as we talked about. Um, Dark Crystal, Luigi's Mansion 3, Dragon Quest 11. So it's not, I don't think it's originally on the Switch. Shit. No, it wasn't on the Switch. It wasn't on the Switch. That's right? why it's coming to the Switch. Well, okay. I guess maybe was it on the Switch? Huh. I don't know. It's a Square Enix game, and they're generally on PS4 and Xbox nowadays. Um, so it, it might have come for the Switch. I'll have point. to double check. We'll have to. Well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, Switch Smash Brothers also gets a Dragon Quest DLC. Apparently, like Dragon Quest Eleven is like one of the best like games yeah. in the series in a long time, and I've played it. Uh, I need to finish it though. Maybe it'll all have a different aspect. Well, like so far, it's like it's like meh. No, I mean, it's from, good. From what I've seen, it seems like just a normal 3D Dragon Quest game. I just don't... I, I'm trying to find the appeal. And maybe I'll, I'll need to, like, listen to a review of it or something. Right. And see, like, what am I missing? Right. That, that makes it Like, what are other people finding in this game that you're not? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much... They get Catan. They okay. got uh, My Friend Pedro, which is a game I'm really excited about. It, it's a really dumb indie game, but I'm still excited about it. And uh, if you want to talk about Pokemon, Pokemon. So I also listen to a podcast about just about Pokemon whenever they talk about uh, Pokemon coming out. Okay. uh, This Pokemon game I am excited for, but everyone needs to understand that you have to like control those expectations because you know how Pokemon works. They're going to be exactly the same iteration over and over. Now, here's one thing that they're doing that I saw that looked like it may change a lot of things and one of them is is that they're going to put high level pokemon in in places where you're not normally supposed to fight them right and now i can't remember what type of i, I think you mentioned it before this like what type of games do that mm-hmm. but like uh i know final fantasy 12 there uh, in the very beginning that you play you fight this like uh pumpkin like uh monster that's super easy right and then right next to there's a fucking tyrannosaur right that you could you could fight but you will get your fucking ass kicked right by it um it's almost like uh i don't want to compare it to dark souls but like in some sense dark souls does that where that's a great idea right where it's like here is something that you won't be able to be unless you're really like tactically Oh, oh, like uh, when we played Sekiro, and the, you, in the very first battle, you can f- you fight Genichiro, right? And like he's a fucking baller. <laughs> he, you know he's gonna beat you, and that's how it's supposed to happen, right? Uh, it's uh, just to like you put you try. in your place, yeah. But the thing is, some people the it becomes a challenge for some people, and people will like for the, I'm assuming in Pokemon, this is what they're gonna do is that they're gonna make a squad where they can like go actually pretty much stand up to this larger level Pokemon and eventually catch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're going to do that raid. The, this idea that they did in Pokemon go where there's raids Mm -hmm. and they're going to have these raid things with people online. So they're taking something from Pokemon go that that a lot of people love. Right. And they're going to bring it into, to this new generation of Pokemon where you, you fight these like giant, pokemon and together I, now i have no idea how that relates to yeah, the game and how that mechanical yeah. Work. yeah um that's a really good idea so that idea itself 
but the the idea about that there's high level Pokemon roaming in the area makes it seem more alive. This right. type of game that uh, uh, and oh, they took away random a lot of random encounters. Right, that's something that is not a uh, that's a thing of the past now that needed to be a thing of the past. Right. so they took that from Pokemon Let's Go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw any of it. I have seen it. The yeah. game's terrible, I think, but <laughs> but at least that mechanic, but that mechanic really is, is really very good. good. Um, uh, there is going to be weather effects in the game, which I think is uh, something that needed to happen. They, I think they took that from Pokemon Go as well, because mm-hmm. they had day and night cycles, right? But that was all, that's all they had. Now they're actually going to have weather where oh, if it snows. Well, these ultimately, like it sounds like they're just doing things that make pokemon more immersive and more real in a lot of that's what they need to do right instead of making it this very gamey experience now it's like hey you if you're walking around a park you're going to be able to see what's in what animals are in that park if you if it's raining you're going to have specific type of things show up it makes me really want them to make a remake i know they did do a remake of of the kanto region the original pokemon with fire red but like they really need to do like these these are this is would be a legitimate remake where they they really if if pokemon sword and shield is how i'm imagining it to be like that type of game because these mechanics that they're adding just makes it this uh uh game sound so much cooler right than it than it's ever been before so fingers crossed i'm gonna probably have to buy a switch for it because, you know, the kids will want to play it. Right. And then I'll have to get one for myself somehow. Well. Yeah. This will be fun. That seems like uh, E3 in a nutshell. <laughs> in, a, in an hour and a half nutshell. Yeah. Um, you want to just do some final thoughts? Any, like, specific games that we talked about that you're really looking forward to? Um, you thought that Nintendo stole the show in a lot of ways. Was really there did. games in other in other conferences or shows that you think really set the bar for the, just the show in general or Uh, for Nintendo or for any, for Um, anything like just a game that came out that you were like, this, this is something so good that it makes Microsoft, Bethesda, EA, anyone look like the, this is a, a, a good thing that came out of E3 and I'm excited for it for the future. Um, I guess uh, I mean all these games. Although there were a lot of games overall that were this is better than I think the last than the past few years in terms of what games are coming right. out. Um, the fact that Final Fantasy VII remake and they've been the stuff that they've been coming out with has been pretty good, and I don't feel like I waited as long as Final Fantasy XV. Mm-hmm. It was a much longer wait time right. for that. This seems much more reasonable. So, the the like Square Enix really did really well with that one thing. I mean, the other stuff is just okay, right. but like that was really pushing it. Um, but yeah, Nintendo Nintendo definitely stole the show. Just the amount of games, not only nostalgia wise, but like uh, like Cadence of Hyrule. Like right. that that game really piqued my interest. Links. Uh, well, Link's Awakening is Link's Awakening is partially nostalgic, um, but Pokemon Sword and Shield having all these new mechanics, that's huge. Right. But I guess in other categories, I think uh, who's making uh, uh, was it Legion? You said for Baldur's Gate three. I think that's the one other right. game I'm looking for forward to that's outside of um, Nintendo, I guess, con- Nintendo and console oriented right. games. What about you? 
Yeah, I think um, different different Legion, but I'm thinking of uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Is something <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to. At least I think we're in an age where everyone's skeptical now. Like everyone knows and has been disappointed in the past by a game that was hyped up beyond belief and then just mm-hmm. delivered nothing. And so in a lot of ways, it's interesting because I felt this E3, I felt let down in some sense. Like I felt like there were definitely good games being announced, but ultimately there wasn't this, the the usual E3 hype wasn't there. There wasn't this like over the top presentation of things you won't believe. I think developers are also figuring out that like, we need to be a little bit more honest so we can't overhype things. We just kind of mm-hmm. have to show what they are. Yeah, they really need to... I think they're really starting to learn how to properly do trailers over a long period of time because right. you can't throw a trailer out like six years before and then... Oh, that too. Uh, yeah. Timing-wise, yeah. yeah. Re- releasing information in a, in a in an appropriate amount of time before <laughs> something. Like the Scarlet, like Xbox talking about how their newest console will they'll give more information in a year or less than in like basically six months to a year. Um, like I think that's smart. Instead of saying, hey, we're working on something that's maybe coming out in four years or like, hey, well, we have something in the works and we'll talk about it next year and it may be come out next year or the year after. And I think that's really smart. And I think a lot of companies are really focusing on putting out trailers or hinting at things that are coming out in the next two years instead of like Final Fantasy 15. Hey, this is coming out never slash in a million years. Yeah. That game was a little bit right. almost the dump that the, the ending of Square Enix. essentially. Right. right. Well, actually a game that, that was announced, I think last year was beyond good and evil two. That was like 12 years in the making or something like that. And who knows when that game's coming out? Like they they showed like, hey, we're working on it, but who knows what that means? Um, but I think one of the reasons why I felt a little bit disappointed about E3 was because Sony wasn't there, and last year I felt like Sony really took the show in a lot of ways. They basically paid a bunch of people a lot of money to basically say, hey, we get to announce all these awesome games at our show. As long as that money is going towards the games and right. not to, uh, to someone's just giant-ass pocket, I'm right. okay with it. No, that, that's that's an interesting point. Like, they decided, hey, we're not going to be at E3 this year. Um, it's too much money. It's like, it, it's not... Like, it's just announcements that we can make on our own. Like, N- Nintendo Direct is the same sort of thinking. Yeah. Why rent this huge conference thing and do this, like, media circle jerk when we can just basically <laughs> tell the fans what they want to hear and give them the stuff they want to see? Like, and it saves people a ton of money. We could just do a little casual thing from the office. It's not a huge uh, financial burden mm-hmm. on us and potentially the consumers because we're taking that money out of the marketing for the games, etc. So... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the future of E3 goes. Maybe everyone's just not going to be at E3 anymore, and it's just going to be like, well, no longer E3, but in June we're just going to announce a bunch of stuff. We're gonna, they're they're going to start like sending us like these disposable VR things so that we could just watch it <laughs> right. from our, our no. House. N- yeah. If it, basically if VR doesn't take over and not take over, if VR doesn't get good in the next year, I am concerned about VR. Yeah. But we'll talk about it some other time. Anyways, I think that's uh, that's it. That was a good representation of e3 and our thoughts that was a good overview of how the conferences went we didn't really think anyone stole a show i mean chase did think nintendo did but i didn't necessarily i don't have a huge attachment to nintendo i do think they in terms of games get a switch you'll be different i bet it would be (laughs) but in terms of games they definitely 
like announced a ton of stuff coming to Switch, and that's awesome. Um, but I was just overall a little bit disappointed. But we'll see. There's tons of cool games that are in the works, like uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, yeah. Which is potentially going to be the best RPG D&D thing you can Guys, ever play. Guys, just get Divinity. Yeah, just, just get buy, Divinity just play that. If you if you're if you like D&D and you have a PC. That yeah. is a good investment of your time. I, I think it's even on PS4 anyways. Anyways, I'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, make sure to stay tuned for our next episodes. We're going to be talking about um, some personal things that happened at E3. Uh, maybe sentimental tears in the eyes when certain games came on screen and we'll talk about other things as usual and we'll see you guys in the next one see you guys later Mm